0: you are now listening to the book club vibes that's on friday with lifestyle Tea podcast i am the host marquita and we will be vibing and also getting some intellect at the same time okay so y'all sit back sit back also, don't forget, Lifestyle T Customs, we are still in the building. We have some sales going on. There is a 20% off of custom face mask, picture in wording. So y'all check out Lifestyle Tea Okay, y'all ready? Let's go. Okay, my people, so let's. Get right into it. We are going over the Becoming Book by Michelle Obama. And I would like for everyone to please go to all the major platforms that Lifestyle T is on, which is Google, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, and many, many more. Go and subscribe and review y'all know i like to hear what my people's got to say and if you want to do something even more on the okay side go to the about down at the bottom there is a link for you to leave me a voice message yes let me see how you sound you leave me a message i'll leave a message back okay so today y'all. I'm gonna be real with y'all. Y'all know I like to keep it real. I always tell y'all that. Um, and I have to be really, really honest. My sin has been killing me. And I know y'all like, oh, my kid says that on every episode. But to be real, because I wanna let y'all know, it, it is what it is, baby. A sinus is making a girl just whoa low, whoa low, whoa low. Okay. So for anybody that has sinus, hey, y'all, I feel y'all, y'all are not alone. Y'all are not alone. Okay. I'm going to be honest with y'all. This book, Becoming of Michelle Obama, I'm just going to say it is a, out of, it's like a biography. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, I, I'm trying to make sure I say the right words. It's not appealing to my attention. Bam. It is not appealing to my attention. Okay so it's going to seem like i'm skimming through these chapters because today i will be going over chapters one through eight and i'm not going to be that detailed um, of course at book club vibes we go over the importance and i will read out what i thought was important within the whole entire chapter we don't read word for word we read what's important and that needs to be known inside of the chapter, okay?
1: However,
0: this is really Michelle Obama's entire life from when she was a baby up until when she met uh, her husband and, you know, they spent time at the White House. So it does go into details. If y'all like biography books, please go to the, uh, let me see here. I'm actually trying to pull it up this is a site that i use the kindle it's the amazon kindle it's a basically bookstore and it has audio books and just regular books i like it because i don't like a lot of stuff around my house right and i love to read books so like this particular app it keeps all your books for you you can always go back and read them it's just amazing like it's so convenient that sister girl just loves it okay it's very very amazing um, so we're going to jump right on into it. Like I said, if y'all are like, Marquita is going too fast. Makita is not showing that she's enthused because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but this is the month of April and I don't want to start just jumping from book to book within a month. So we're going to, I'm going to say it like they say in the streets, we're going to thug it out. Okay. We're about to go over this book and maybe it's some encouraging words that you all might here and hey that's the bomb right so let's jump in it one moment let me see i have to go back to chapter chapter one and here's what it states i spent much much of my childhood listening to the sound of striving it came in the form of bad music or at least amateur music Coming up though, coming up through the floorboards of my bedroom, the plink, plink, plink of students sitting downstairs at my great aunt Roby's piano, slowly and imperfectly, imperfectly, learning their skills. My family lived in the South Shore neighborhood of Chicago in the tidy brick bungalow that belonged to robbie and her husband terry my parents rented an apartment on the second floor while robbie and terry lived on the first robbie was my mother's aunt and had been generous to us over many years but to me she was kind of a terror prime and serious she directed the choir at the local church and was also a community resident okay so that is about her aunt the sound of people trying however becoming the soundtrack to our lives there was plinky in the afternoons plinky in the evenings ladies from church sometimes came over to practice hymns, belting their pity through our walls Uncle Robbie's rules, kids who took piano lessons are allowed, kids who took piano lessons were allowed to work on only one song at a time. So um, this is giving me more of a vibe to, her and her family was into music. They went to church. Um, She's like really into, close to her family, it seems like her, her aunt, her uncle, and of course her mom and her dad. And that's when she goes from having a brother. But one moment, let me continue. This was the trail end of 1960s on the south side of Chicago. The Cubs weren't bad, but they weren't great either. I sit on my dad's lap to his recliner and listen to him narrate how the Cubs were in the middle of the late season, swan, and why Billy Williams. Who lived just around the corner from us on constant avenue has such a sweet swing the left side of the plate let's see here none of this really registered with me i was just a kid a girl with barbies and blocks who with two parents and an older brother who slept each night with his head about three feet from mine My family was my world, the center of everything. My mother taught me how to read early, walking me to the public library, sitting with me as I sounded out words on the page. My father went to work every day, dressed in a blue uniform of a city laborer. As a boy, he taken classes to the art institution of Chicago, and in high school, he painted and sculpted. He had a competitive swimmer in boxer in school he appreciates seeing strong people excel when my brother craig so he has a brother craig got interested in basketball my father propped coins above the door frame in our kitchen encouraging him to leap for them so they're encouraging craig and i are not quite two years apart of age he's got my father's soft eyes and optimistic Spirit, my mother's implacability. The two of us have always been tight, and in part, thanks to an unwavering and somewhat allegiance allegiance. Excuse me, allegiance. He seemed to feel for his baby sister right from the start. That is super cute. So her and her brother had a good bond. I am. Now, one moment. I am now going to chapter two. And I like school right away. I like my teachers in white lady named Miss Doros, who seemed ancient to me, but was probably in her 50s. Her classroom had big sunny windows, a collection of Barbie dolls, To play with in a giant cardboard playhouse in the back. I was confident in my own ability to read. At home, I plowed through the Dick and Jane books, courtesy of my mom's library card, and thus was thrilled to hear that our first job as kindergartens would be learning to read new sets of words by sight. We were assigned a list of colors to study, not the hues. But the words themselves, red, blue, green, black, orange, purple, white. And she knew because, you know, she was taught how to read at an early age. And I think that's what us parents need to keep in mind. And I say us parents because I, if I had to just change some things about my parents, it would have been why my baby was babies, babies, too. I kept them in bar- Barney um they was watching what is that with the um oh my gosh y'all i just lost train of thought but y'all know what i'm talking about y'all make sure y'all see uh, see me a message or a voicemail about the tv show because i know it was, it was on 13 channel 13 and veggie tales there we go veggie tales so they watch educational things but to sit there and really you know teach them things before they got into school. I wish I would have done more of that. Well, I wish I would have done that even better. Let me just say that. Uh, let me see here. Let me continue going. One moment. At home, I lived in a world of high drama and intrigue. Um, There were births, feds, and betrayals. There were hope, hatred, and sometimes sex. My preferred way to pass time between school and dinner was to park myself in the coming area outside my room and Craig's and spread my Barbies across the floor, spinning out scenarios that felt as real to me as life itself, sometimes inserting Craig's G.I. Joe (laughs) action figures, okay? So, she plays a lot of dolls, and I could see myself when I was doing it in the kids you know we tend to we tend to you know make you believe like we're at a certain spot or or for example i've always thought especially when i watch books i would picture myself living the lifestyle that they live so it was like i was dreaming and i wanted that to happen right so i mean i i feel her and that's to get away from the grown-ups right especially when you're at a young age and it says now that I'm an adult, I realize that kids know at a very young age when they're being devalued, when adults aren't invested enough to help them learn. Their anger over it can manifest itself to unru- unruliness. It's hard. It's hardly their fault. They aren't bad kids. They just trying to survive bad circumstances. And I feel her on that. I feel how that. She says, at the time though, I was happy to have escaped. But I learned many years later that my mother, who is by nature weary and quiet, but generally also the most forthright person in my room, made a point of seeking out the second grade teacher, okay? Because how when she was brought up, it's from what I'm reading, they were kind of, teachers were kind of hard on her. And I'm just like, I don't know how I can be able to deal with the teachers being being so hard. And you have teachers nowadays, even with my kids, you know, not every teacher is perfect. Not everyone is perfect, but it's once again comes with that confidence that we talked about. We've been talking about it all April, you know, to be able to go to the teacher or to the person and speak up for your kids, you know. So let's continue going. I'm on chapter three now. Somewhere along the way, I'm normally laid. My normally laid-back brother started spout worries. I can't say exactly when or why this began, but Craig, the boy who could high-five and wrap his way around the neighborhood. Ten minutes and ten minutes, regardless of his surroundings, grew more fretful and vigilant at home, convinced that. He was creeping our way. In the evenings at our apartment, he rehearsed for every outcome. Okay, so he he just wanted it. Craig's biggest fear, however, was also probably the most realistic, and that was fire. House fires were a regular occurrence in Chicago, in part due to do to who let their ability slide into their disc repair and we're all too happy to react the insurance benefits when they fire to through okay so it seems like you know she's just talking about the everyday living To this end, as kids, we ran through our escape route possibilities, trying to guess whether we could jump from a window to the oak tree in front of the house or to a neighbor's rooftop in the event of a fire. We imagined that we imagined what would happen if a grease fire broke out in the kitchen. Oh my! Craig and I had a little concern about our mom. Is and in, in, in an emergency, she was small and agile, and one of those people who, if her, excuse me, if her adrenaline got going, got going, could probably bench press a car off a baby. Okay, so she was pretty tough. My father was not accustomed to being helpless. He lived his life in defense of that very prospect looking after our car paying the bills on time never discussing his advancing multiple nor missing a day of work okay so he was a go-getter okay i'm, I'm loving that i daddy that he was a go-getter okay so then he goes to talk about how he you know he worked his a lot of his lines of fires for years he was the captain of the city democratic party okay he paid weekly visits he paid weekend visits to a nearby neighborhood to check in on his country's answer. okay well that's cool so now we're gonna go to we're going to go to chapter four and go ahead and finish off four through eight but before we do, get all sister girl has to go and get her a sip of drink i will be back y'all listen to the anchor ad it it may be you know worth your while. okay i'll be back okay i am back, my people so let's go on to chapter four okay and now we're gonna go between chapters four through eight and really this is just talking about this is still talking about school so we're still when she was in college now we're getting into college okay y'all so it says at school we were given an hour-long break for lunch each day because my mother didn't work and our apartment was so close by i usually marched down i usually watch home with four or five of my friend girls all of us talking and start ready to play jacks and watch all of our children while my mom handed us sandwiches Okay, so her mom was pretty much a stay-at-home mom and made sure she was good. My mom, meanwhile, was was plenty happy to serve us. It gave her an easy window into our world, as my friends and I ate and gospel. She also stood by quietly, engaging in some household chores, not hiding the fact that she was taken in everywhere. And my family, with four of us packed until then nine hundred square feet of living space. We never had a priv prob- any privacy anyway. It mattered only sometimes. Craig, who was suddenly interested in girls, had started taking his phone, calls behind closed doors in the bathroom. The phone's acrylic cord stretched taut across the hallway from its wall mountain base in the kitchen now do y'all remember the house phones out of my 80s baby you know do y'all remember the house phones and i used to be like oh my god because my parents and whatnot can answer the phone and see who i'm on the phone with it's just like it's nothing compared to the day and age that we have going on right now and i'm not gonna lie if i had a choice i would take it back when with the telephones for the young bucks now, I would do cell phones for grown-ups, but for young bucks, I would keep it as a uh a house phone, if that was, if that was me. That's what I, I would do. Now, let's get back to it. So now it says, it's clear one moment, Dr. Lazio was a round, cheery man who had an afro that puffed out. It's clear from his letter that he understood preciously what he was up against failure is a feeling long before it comes an actual result it's vulnerability that breeds with selfish doubt and then is escalated often deliberately deliberately by fear those feelings of failure that he mentioned were everywhere already in my neighborhood in the form of parents who couldn't get ahead financially and i like that like i I like that seeing what he said and don't forget y'all failure is a feeling long before it comes in actual results remember that it's vulnerability that breeds with self-doubt and then is escalated often deliberately by fear Okay, so y'all remember that. Y'all remember I think that's so important. Then we go on to chapter five. Now, chapter five talks about my mother ultimately did go back to work right about the time I began high school, captivating herself out of the house in the neighborhood and into the dense skyscraper heart of Chicago, where she found a job... As an executive assistant, bay She bought. She bought a work wardrobe and began communicating each morning, catching the bus north on Jeffrey's Jeffrey Boulevard and riding along with my dad in the Buick. If their start times happened to line up, the job for her was a welcome shift in routine. And for our family, it was also more or less a financial necessity. If y'all heard anyone come in, I'm babies. That was my baby boy just letting me know that he's home from school. Let me hear your this up because now it's like snack time and, and, and dinner time, and it's Friday, so I gotta get them prepared. Cause the sister girl gotta go to work tomorrow. Uh, my parents had been paying tuition for Craig to go to Catholic school. He was starting to think about he was starting to think about college with me coming right behind him, which is good. So her brother went to a Catholic school, and now like she said, she's coming right behind him, and that's when we go to pay. I mean, to chapter six, my dad drove me to Princeton in the summer of 1981. Here's when it started getting a little juicy. Across the flat Highways connecting Illinois to New Jersey. My boyfriend David came along for the ride. I've been invited to I'd been invited to attend a special three-week summer orientation program meant to close a preparation gap. Giving certain income freshmen extra time and help settling into college, it was unclear exactly how we were identified. What part of our admission applications had tri- tipped the university off to the idea that we might benefit from lessons on how to read a syllabus and advanced practice? Navigating the pathway because between campus buildings. Okay, so David's mom worked at the bookendary and had helped get the two of us jobs there. We worked shoulder to shoulder all summer, which made the whole endeavor more palatable. David was smart and in, intelligent, a tall, good looking guy who was two years older than I was. He'd first befriended Craig's on the neighborhood basketball court in Rosenblum Park a few years earlier. So this starts talking about how they met each other. Day was easygoing and also more of an adult than any boyfriend I've had. He sat on the couch and watched ball games with my father. He joked around with Craig and made polite conversation with my mom. He went on real, we went on real days going for what we consider upscale dinners at Red Lobster and into the movies. We fooled a rayon and smoked pot in his car by day at the book bindery. We glue gunned our way into a companionable oblivate, oblivation. Okay. And then it says, I, in, in a sense, I already have departed my mind flown off in the direction of princeton so she wants to go to princeton and our goodbyes that might was for real and forever i probably should have said it directly in the moment but i chickened out knowing it would hurt both both to say and to hear instead i just let him go so my boyfriend's went to another one. Now she's in the Princeton school and she's doing her homework. She's living a college life, right? She's living a college life. And then this, when you go to chapter seven, home gradually begins to feel more distance, almost like a place in my imagination. While I was in college, I kept up with a few of the high school friends. Most, especially Santita, who landed at Howard University in Washington, DC. I went to visit her there over a long weekend and we laughed and had deep conversations, same as we always had. Girl, you still in the hood? I teased after a giant rat charged past us outside her dorm and its student population twice the size of Princeton was almost entirely black. I mean i like, I think like why would you say I don't know. Okay, so then it goes on, we go on, we go on. Hold on one moment. We're still at say seven. we seven just talks about her life in the Princeton. I mean this was this may be the foundation problem with caring a lot about what others think it can put you on the established path. The my ends isn't that impressive path and keep you there for a long time. Maybe it stops you from swerving from ever being ever even considering a swerve because what you risk losing in terms of others people's high regards can feel costly. Maybe you spent three years in Massachusetts studying unconditional law and discussing the realists, which I feel like you know you're not know supposed to listen to what nobody else thinks, and then once again that's where their confidence come from. And so then we go to Barack Obama was late on this is chapter eight. Barack Obama was late on day one. I sat in my office on the forty seventh floor. Waiting and not waiting for him to arrive. Like most of the first year lawyers, I was busy. I put in long hours at Sidley and Austin, often eating broth, lunch, and dinner, both lunch and dinner at my desk while combating a continuous flow of documents. I read memos, I wrote memos, I edited other people's memos. At this point, I thought of myself basically. a memo person I see really I knew the relaxed patios of the south side and the high minded direction of the ivy league so African American women several years my sins just sat outside my office and answered my phone I have friendly professional relationships <clears throat> excuse me y'all that's the finest hold on one second <coughs> excuse me Oh yeah, no. I had to give me some analysis to get. Okay. I will see the beats. I have friendly professional relationships with some of the senior partners. So she's now she's a lawyer, she's out of high school, she's out of college, and now she's a lawyer and now she's um Barack Obama's lawyer and any sign of this guy she's still looking for him he still hasn't came barack obama had already created a stir at the firm for one thing he just finished his first year of law school and normally we only hire second year students for summer positions but rumor had it he was exceptional word that spreads that one of his professionals at Harvard, the daughter of a managing partner, claimed he was the most gifted law student she'd ever encountered. Okay, so he knows what he's doing. It was another 10 minutes before he checked in at the reception area in our floor and I walked out to meet him, finding him seated on the couch one barack obama dressed in a dark suit and still a little damp from the rain he grinned sheepishly and apologized for his lateness as he shook my hand he had a wide smell and was taller than taller and thinner than i'd imagined he'd be a man who was clearly not much of an eater who also looked fully un- a unaccustomed to wearing business clothes if he knew he was arriving with a whiz kid reputation it didn't show as i walked him through the quarters to my office introducing him to the cushy of law corporate excuse me of corporate law showing him the word processing center and the coffee machine explaining our system of tracking
1: billable
0: hours. He was quiet, listening listening and intensively. After about 20 minutes, I delivered him to the senior's partners who he Who'd be his actual supervisor? Later that day, I took Barack to lunch at a fancy restaurant on the first floor of our office building. In place, packed with well-grown bankers, this was the boon of having a summer associate to advise. My assignment was to make sure he was happy in the job, that he had someone to, someone to come to if he needed advice and that he felt connected to the larger team okay so now they're just working together working together here's lastly in the late afternoon barack would wander down the hall to flop onto one of the chairs in my office as if he known me for years sometimes it felt as if he had our banter was easy our mindsets are like we gave each other sideways glances when people around us got stressed to the point of mania. when partners made comments that seemed out of touch what was unspoken but obviously was that he was a brother in in our office which employed more than 400 lawyers only about five full-time attorneys were african-americans our pull towards each other was evident and easy to understand okay period so next week we will be going over chapters nine I want to say there's chapters 9 through 14. I am not for sure, but I will be letting you all know. And, of course, we'll be putting, in, putting out ads as to what chapters we're going to go over next week. I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful Friday. Also, don't forget Easter Sunday. So, go be with your family. You know, get some church vibes. Sister girl will be a worry, but I'm still going to listen to church and uh, I'll still be you know mingling with my family so you all just go ahead go live life I'll 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 be back